Thank you for joining us today for Kingdom Rock Radio, an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center, where Mark A. Stroud is the pastor. Come out and experience the awesome power of God in one of our live services. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, just six miles east of downtown. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and morning worship at 10. All are welcome, so come out and be blessed of God. We would love to hear from you. You can call us at 770-537-1933. Write us at Post Office Box 1285, Bremen, Georgia, 30110. Or visit us on the web at www.kingdomrock.org. You can receive your very own copy of today's message in its entirety. Just write us at P.O. Box 1285, Bremen, Georgia, 30110. And include the date you heard the broadcast and a donation in any amount. Now, here's today's message. This is Rhonda Thompson-Brown. I'm standing in today on Testimony Friday for Minister Helen Morgan. We'd like to welcome you again, and we have a fantastic guest here that uh, I know will touch your hearts and uh, bring some joy to your life as she shares her testimony, Miss Kay Stokes. Um, and I just wanted to welcome you here. Thank you, Rhonda. It's good to be here in beautiful downtown Bremen on a Friday morning. <laughs> Thank you. Well... Um, as I was reading over your testimony, uh, like I said earlier as we were speaking, I was touched myself because I'm excited for what God's going to do because I think everybody's going to be able to see themselves in this testimony at some point. And um, I even saw myself in it. And uh, I just cannot wait for you to share with the listeners. And I don't really want to take too much away from you. Uh, I would like for you to share everything that God has done in your life. Wow, thanks, Rhonda. Um, for me to share everything that God has done in, in my life, um, I would take up the whole, uh, probably the whole year. Uh, the Lord has been so good. I've been so blessed. Um, I was born in rural Georgia, in Alpharetta, Georgia, in 1961. So that tells you how old I am. I'm not at that point yet where I'm afraid to say that. I'm 46 <laughs> years old. Um, the Lord uh, saw fit to... Uh, put me in a home where there was alcoholism. Uh, my dad was an alcoholic. I was born into an alcoholic home. It was still a loving home. Um, my mother had been raised a devout Southern Baptist, so for her to have married an alcoholic, this was very, I think, very devastating to her. I have one older brother um, that's four years older than I am, and, you know, life at home was... Um, just very chaotic you know when there's alcohol in the home it's there's a lot of chaos and I remember going to church when I was a little girl um my best friend would take me uh with her and her parents would go to church regularly I would spend the night with them and go periodically but it was not something that was a normal part of of my life okay church to me at that time it was never said but at that time, church to me was my perception of it was when our lives are perfect, then we can go there. Mm -hmm. But right now, our lives are not perfect. There's shame. You know, there's alcoholism. And there was abuse going on, not in the home. Um, I was abused by some, some other people that, that had access to me. 
Um, I won't go into a lot of details mm-hmm. about that. I refuse to give Satan any glory as what he managed to accomplish in my life because the Lord has healed that and, and I have forgiven those that, that abused me. Um, but there was absolutely praise (laughs) Jesus. Um, but there was abuse and outside the home, uh, some people that had access to me. Um, but I remember going, uh, to church when I was about 11 or 12 years old, I went to vacation Bible school with my best friend. And at the end of that week, the pastor came in and gave a sermon and, Mm -hmm. uh, had an altar call. And, you know, he, basically told us if if we didn't have Jesus in our heart if we died tonight you know we would uh go to hell and burn in burn in hell for eternity so it sounded like something I didn't want to do so I went to the altar to mm-hmm. sign up for not going to hell and I wanted to go to heaven but I didn't understand what was going on but I I really felt a drawing you know mm-hmm. I really felt something in my heart that was drawing me there but one of the things and and this is one thing that I think we need to be careful with when we uh, tell somebody the good news of Jesus Christ is that I was told that everything would be new. Nothing would be the same. And I left there that day and went home and daddy came home drunk again. There was nothing new. I can relate to that, and I think a lot of people can relate to that because, you know, when you first get saved, that you you, you expect that. You, you know it's going to be different, but you don't. nobody really explains it. It's a journey at that point, right. you know, um, getting saved is a, an event, but the living it is a process for the rest of your life. So exactly. I know I think we all have been there with that. Right. Well, and nothing, you know, I knew nothing about working out my salvation mm-hmm. and that I, um, you know, needed to study the word and continue to go to church. Nothing changed. So in my mind, nothing changed Mm -hmm. that that I didn't receive Jesus I had on um shorts (laughs) I I, I wore shorts to vacation Bible school and and I just remember there being comments made about you know not wearing shorts to church and and things that uh comments that were made uh, by people and I thought well I met God in shorts so he must have not you know, he must not like me because I was in shorts because daddy still mm-hmm. came home drunk. Nothing, nothing had changed. Well, that's um, that's actually quite common. I know um, it, we can get into a point where when something happens um, that we don't expect, we think, oh, gosh, I've done something wrong. I, right. I'm not I'm not good enough now. What was different? What's changed? Um, You know. I may have shorts or, you know, a girl could come into the to the church and she's got a little skirt on. Everyone's running to cover her and not worried about her you know they're just worried about what she looks like and you know um then that's sad because you know god works that stuff out that's right and i think that um we do we go on what we know at the time right and when we know better we can do better Mm -hmm. and the thing was um at that time you know there was I guess that you could call it legalism or whatever. Um, that's the word that I would use today for that. But um, I just know that when I came home that afternoon, I laid down on the couch and took a nap. And I, to this day, I was, like I said, 11 or 12 years old. And I, to this day, remember vividly dreaming demonic dreams. I remember mm. that there were just these 
creatures chasing me. They were after me. And, and I look back on it now and, you know, I know that, you know, the Bible says we war not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and the powers of darkness in high places. And that that was what the enemy was sending my way to say, I'm not done with you. I'm right. not going to let go of you. Mm-hmm. I am not through with these people abusing you. And, mm-hmm. and this is, you're, you know, this is not going to take you, you know, you mm-hmm. are because he's a liar. You mm-hmm. know, he's the father of lies. He's the he's the accuser. He goes before us and, and just reminds God of everything we've ever done wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the Bible tells us that, you know, when we have Jesus and, and we ask for repentance, uh, when we repent and we ask Jesus into our heart, that God takes our sin and moves it as far as the east is from the west. And the east and the west never touch. Right. You know, so he never touches it again or never sees it again. But the enemy was not through with me at... Uh, at the age of 13, my parents divorced. I remember my mom being at work one night in February of uh, 1976. I probably will never forget that night. It was Groundhog's Day of all days. <laughs> and um, we got home that night. And I remember we were about six miles from where my dad lived, but it was way out in the country. Alpharetta was very much country back then, kind of like Bremen is now. now. <laughs> it reminds me a lot of Alpharetta back then. Um but I heard sirens when we got out of the car, and I said, Mom, I hear sirens. And as um, soon as we got in the house, the phone rang. And, you know, back then there were no cell phones or anything like that, and people had been trying to call us. Um, a friend of ours had a police scanner, and all she knew that there was a house on fire on the road that, that my dad lived on, mm. and they knew that it was a dot, that the last name was Dodd. And uh, she said, but maybe it's not, you know, maybe it's not him. We were the only Dodds that lived on that road. And um, when we got there, um, you know, the firemen had, they, we had already been told that they had found one body. Mm. And my brother was living there with my dad at that time. So all the way up there, even though it was only six miles, it seemed like an eternity. I didn't know what to hope for or what Mm -hmm. to pray for the only thing i knew to to ask was god i pray they didn't suffer Mm -hmm. and uh and when i got there i I went running across the the yard and i i was screaming for my dad or for my brother and a fireman just grabbed me and he said your brother's right here and I, i just remember falling to the ground you know because he had not really been there he had been there for us physically Mm -hmm. but he was absent emotionally Mm -hmm. And um, and there had been so much turmoil and so much shame, you know, I didn't know what to feel at that point. And I just remember sitting in the back seat of that car, my brother holding me, and I was 14. He was 18 at that time, and um, just not knowing what was going to happen, you know, from that point forward. Daddy died from an overdose of alcohol. He died from alcohol poisoning he had a cigarette in his hand when he died, and his house caught on fire. So all we knew was that there was fire right. and that he was dead. A month later, a death certificate comes back. shows that he had died from alcohol poisoning. Well, of course, everybody in town thought that he had died in the fire, and there was no shame in that. Mm-hmm. So I never went back to tell anybody the truth. Right. Um, I kind of just continued to live that lie, believing that, and people would say, well, what happened to your dad? Oh, well, he died in a fire. Mm-hmm. And um, so I lived that lie. And two months after my dad died in the spring of 1976, 
I decided that I would do it different from Dad. And uh, I thought, and I thought alcohol would solve all my problems. It would absolve me of the guilt that I felt for feeling relieved Mm -hmm. at times, that I felt relief that my dad was gone. There was, you know, the turmoil was gone. The shame was gone. We had a clean cut as far as, you know, he died in a fire. I didn't have to, nobody had to know that, Mm -hmm. that he died from alcohol poisoning. And, um, you know, just the the guilt from all of that. Okay. So then you, so then you turned to alcohol yourself at that point. You started at that point to kind of take on your dad's legacy at that point. Well, with a bottle in one hand and one held, one hand held high, I swore I would never turn out to be like my father. And, um. You know, and the Bible tells us not to take vows because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's playing God. That's and, right. And uh, the only thing I, I see now that I did different from my dad is that I didn't die from it. Mm-hmm. And I never drank his particular brand of beer. Okay. Because I thought that stuff will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, and I could see how you would think that at that time. And we don't want to stop it there and have anyone think that you just became this alcoholic and nothing happened, you know, because God did a tremendous transformation in your life. And, um, what we, what we'll do is, um, on the next broadcast next week, we will pick up with, uh, Miss Kay Stokes testimony. However, uh, once we, um, are completed, you can actually download the entire interview online at our website, which is www.kingdomrock.com dot org org and um i believe this one will be on my page it'll be forward slash r as in Rhonda, t as in thompson b as in brown dot html but um we're going to continue with miss stokes and um for the rest of this so please come back and hear the rest of it this is an amazing transformation story and i just the courage that it took to, to share where it started from is awesome and uh i can't wait to see what happens now and how the people that hear you are transformed because God has truly done something amazing. So join us again for the uh, remainder of uh, Ms. Stokes' interview. Thank you for joining us for today's broadcast. We know that you've been blessed by the word you heard, and we want to give you an opportunity to share this message with a friend. Just log on to www.kingdomrock.org. I'd like to cordially invite you to come visit us here at Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center for our weekly church services. Please join us every Wednesday night at 6.30 Bible study. Sunday services start at 9 a.m. for Sunday school and worship services at 10 a.m. Come expecting to hear the word of the Lord. Bring the whole family and we'll have a great time together. We're located at 180 Helton Road, Bremen, Georgia. 30110. You can find us by looking for our sign located on Route 78 between Bremen and Temple, Georgia. Call us at 770-537-1933. Or again, you can learn about all the exciting things going on here by logging on to www.kingdomrock.org. Have a blessed week and always remember that Jesus is the answer.